We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach, I'm here with Laura. We actually have a friend, Ari Tuckman, joining us today. He's a specialist in ADHD and um, we just finished recording. I know that sounds weird because this is the beginning, but um, I gotta tell you, he blew my mind. Um, and for those of you who have ADHD in your life, this is a very valuable conversation and he's got some great resources, so stick around. Good morning, hi. Hi. What's happening? <laughs> You're, are all you the, laughing at my head, no, but I like the headband. It makes you look like a 14-year-old girl, but whatever. <laughs> no, it makes me look like a guy who's not going to sweat all over my ninja class. Uh, did you already sweat through your headband? You've already been in ninja class? No, it comes, it's, it's next after this. It's next. Okay. you just yeah. in preparation. Yeah. I'm all ready to go so I can like get out of here. <laughs> Hold on. Is that why you said we have a hard stop because you had to yeah. go to ninja, ninja class? Yeah, totally. <sighs> sorry. Life is, life is kicking my butt right now. I'm sorry about I, that. You, you told me a little bit about that. Do you want to share? You know, um, I just, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to put it out there because so we moved to Bend, Oregon, so we could be closer to um, parents who are aging and are have some stuff going on. So I think you know, I kind of struggle sometimes with how much to share, but I, I also at the same time think that it's something that a lot of people could probably benefit from hearing um, and relate. So mm -hmm. I, I would be part of very much so the sandwich generation, which basically means that you're caring for uh, the generation above you and the generation under you. And we're not really caring for um, the generation above us, but that's why we moved to Bend. And last night, it became very apparent just how important that was. We ended up mm -hmm. going to the emergency room and that leaves behind... Um, Ryan's dad and he has he has some cognitive decline and it's been picking up pace pretty quickly in the last I would say year. So I just feel really validated in our decision. It was a tough decision to move, but that we're needed. So that's really important. But anyway, that's going on. My son turns five this morning. Um that's so we crazy. Went, we went to the pancake house. Yeah. Does it seem like time has flown? I mean, you've been with me through like pre kids where I just yeah. had no idea what that life looked like to yeah. pregnancy. Yeah. 
A little bit. Yeah, for sure. So that's cool. So we are going to have a birthday party. I think I vented a little bit last episode about how birthday parties are like out of control for children. And we have a total of 50, 50 guests coming, adults and children. Yeah. So we had a rule that was um, you could have as many friends as your age. So you could have five friends. Oh, man, that is brilliant. Oh, um, so it Zach, limited the whole scene. You are so smart sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably Rebecca's. Okay, Rebecca, you are so smart sometimes. That's Rebecca amazing. Has, Rebecca has stopped listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She's over so, it. I'll just pass it on to her. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so today's kind of special. Um, uh, first of all, yeah, I totally get it. I was feeling for you last night and I totally understand that it's hard, I think, when you have to parent your parents. Like mm. that's just that's just challenging. Whether that's whether that's taking care of them like Physi- physically and physiologically or even psychologically yeah. somehow you surpass yeah. them you know at the maturity level that's frustrating so um I get it yeah yeah I think Ryan's just kind of he's he's looking at the mm, finality like it's possible his parents are in their mid, mid 70s and um are both or, in like really good health what or you could fall down a flight of stairs and die like at any moment <laughs> Okay, for those of you who don't know what he's referencing, Zach had a moment where he knocked himself out at somebody's house coming down the stairs. Um, They were icy. It was not your fault. And you were not inebriated either. You just happened to slip and fall, but he knocked himself out. And I'm still feeling it. I'm glad you're with us, though. Thank you for surviving that fall. (laughs) Hey, um, we're on a little bit of a deadline today, in part because we have a guest. Yes. Our guest speaker. Um, yeah. Um, this guy reached out to us and he actually, I couldn't, I couldn't find it more timely because the topic that he offered, which is around the idea of how uh, attention deficit disorder plays with a marriage has been coming up for me. I don't know if you've seen it very much, but I, I actually had a client come in and, um, you know, he's the one who has the diagnosis. She's the one who's trying to figure out how to live with it. Mm-hmm. And she actually said, and he didn't disagree. She said, I bet you way more of your clients have ADHD than, than are diagnosed or disclosed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it, and it wreaks havoc on the relationship and they were very, it was their presenting problem and it was, it was problematic, but Mm -hmm. it started making me look for it across my practice and just sort of go, Hey, it's consistent with this couple that's showing up in these other couples. And then weirdly, I got this email last night from a, from a woman who I had just seen yesterday afternoon and she was like, Hey, um, this is might come out of nowhere, but do you know of anybody that could help me, um, explore the possibility of having ADHD? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I might. Yeah. And we've had a lot of listeners that have written in about specific, what we call comorbidities as, a as clinicians, that's sort of like the jargon, which basically means that you might have a presenting problem in the relationship or, Um, you know, you might have ADHD, but you also might be struggling with an addiction. So it's just, it's sort of like an added, an added fun little bonus. (laughs) And so we've had a lot of you that have written in and just said, what is this all about? And you know, it's interesting, Zach, I find that so many adults are diagnosing themselves or almost like self-diagnosing because they're going through the process of diagnosing their children. That's how I'm finding Mm -hmm. most adults are discovering their diagnosis as a process of saying, 
uh, let's take, you know, daughter or son in and just see what's going on. And as they're listening to the doctor ask questions, they're sort of mentally in that checklist going, me, me, me. Uh (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm so glad we could code this under my, my son or daughter's, uh, (laughs) for the insurance plan, but I'm going to go ahead and need some of that Ritalin as well. By the way, could you double that? Could you double that prescription? Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, what would you give to like a 180 pound, 45 year old male? Just curious. Uh, I'm curious actually what the treatment plan is. So, um, for those of you listening, you might be wondering, so Zach and I, uh, I'm kind of curious, Zach, actually, how much training did you receive in, um, individual diagnoses like ADHD? Very little. Very little. Okay. So we're both quite focused on. Almost all of what I learned was when I was studying for my exam. Yeah. Because it was just a totally different, in fact, most of what I learned in graduate school did not prepare me for my exam at all. Um, but wow. like, like studying for my exam, I opened up a whole new world. But, you know, again, that was I don't know, eight years ago. Remember that day? You were going to buy me a milkshake that day. You still owe me a milkshake. I do. But if in case, I don't know if you're drinking these days, but it was a boozy milkshake that I was going to buy you. It's true. Yeah. Um, so when, as therapists, when we went through therapy training, there are a couple of different tracks that you can go down. You can go down to art therapy. You can go down to individual therapy, which means you're really focused on how to work with individuals. And then you can do family um, and couples therapy, which kind of gets lumped together. And I was very much so on the track of family therapy, but then really quickly sort of diverted from family therapy into just couples therapy. So we are very much so specialists, which means that we need people like Ari to come on and tell us about these individual diagnoses. Cause that's not, we don't, we don't diagnose in our practice when, when people walk in the door, um, you know, we might have like a suspicion of, hmm, I wonder if this person's depressed, that's kind of easy to diagnose or if you're, they're experiencing anxiety, but we're not treating individual diagnoses. We're treating the relationship. Yeah. And, um, and so we're going to ask a lot of questions of Ari because we're genuinely very curious and we need his knowledge yeah, so um, about how do we go ahead. No, I was going to say, let's go get him. I mean, you've already, you've already, you've already tipped your hat. His name is Ari Tuckman um, and he's yep. a specialist and he's going to talk to us. Hey, Ari, thanks for joining us. Sure. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Ari hopped in just as I was in the middle of singing into the unknown and you know, if you know, and you don't, if you don't. So that is that, <laughs> but, um, I got it coming I, and going because my kids yeah. are singing it at my house too. So, yeah. Um, I really wanted to know, Ari, first of all, how did you find us? Do you listen to the podcast or do you know of Zach? I mean, I'm kind of curious how you had reached out and said, Hey, I bet you could really benefit from my knowledge. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, so I've been in the world of ADHD for like 20 years now and it's a great place to be, but it's sort of like a preaching in the choir kind of scenario. And mm-hmm. with the the new book and the research I did on how ADHD impacts couples and relationships and, and their sex lives, I've been really getting more into the world of relationship podcasts and sex podcasts and kind of like preaching the gospel to, to a new place, you know, because there's definitely there's ADHD everywhere you go, but it's kind of like we get siloed, you know, like ADHD folks weren't talking about sex and relationships enough and sex and relationship people aren't talking about ADHD enough. So so it was in that uh, exploration that I found you guys. And I, I don't know, honestly, I cool. thought you seemed fun to hang out with. So oh, we totally are. We totally are. Welcome to the party. Yeah, definitely. 
<laughs> Before we get too much further down the road, you, you've already teased the idea of the book. And so I want to uh, at least go ahead and title it now. It's ADHD After Dark, Better Sex Life, Better Relationship. Yeah. Um, and you told me a funny story about that. Yeah. So um, I have a colleague of mine, uh, Russ Ramsey, who's a psychologist at Penn who does a lot of work in ADHD. And one of his trainees came into his office last week and said, and saw my book on the bookshelf and said, oh, can I, can I borrow that? And he said, sure, why not? So the trainee comes back a week later and gives a book bag and says, oh, I thought this was going to be about sleep. <laughs> clearly, and in fact, it is not. Clearly, this yeah, trainee about, needs to get out more. Um, it's, about not, it's about not sleeping. Yeah, the yeah. lonely graduate <laughs> student. Ah, so sad. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make sure to plug your book again um, here at the end. But tell us a little bit about um, like what we don't know. You know, what does it look like in adults ADHD? And um, Laura and I were joking a little bit about how a lot of us, and not, that doesn't mean me, us, but um, it's not me. It's definitely not me. Um, are finding out about ADHD as we're diagnosing our children yes. or our children are getting diagnosed and we're kind of going, oh, check check, check, check. So what do you, what do you know? What can you tell us? Yeah. So, um, I call that the two for one diagnosis, you know, yeah, totally. Yeah. And the thing is it makes sense because there's really strong genetics on ADHD. So if you find one person in the family, you probably don't have to look that hard to find somebody else. But the thing is, you know, when we were kids, there was definitely ADHD, but it wasn't being diagnosed. Um, it was called being the class clown. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And some boys are just like that. And some girls are just kind of, you know, drifty and whifty and whatever. And, you know, and, but now we're looking for it. And when you look, you shall find. So, um, so definitely there's a lot of people, a lot of adults who are being diagnosed by their kids or through their kids. Um, so, you know, as a therapist, then if you have someone in your office and they say something about my kid, my niece, my nephew, my brother, maybe my parent, you know, has ADHD, you need to like go bing, bing, bing and pause for a moment and think about, hmm, is there something about this person that they may also have ADHD? And as a therapist, what you'd be looking for is stuff like they tend to run late for appointments or they forget appointments or they forgot their checkbook um, or their stories tend to kind of wander around and you need to kind of, you know, bring them back in, um, you know, think struggles at school, struggles at work and not not because they don't mean well and not because of like, you know, psychodynamic, you know, deep, dark reasons or anything like that, but just sort of like trouble holding it all together and trouble staying on top mm -hmm. of things. Um, and if you're seeing couples like fear not, their partner will will have a long list for you of the ways mm -hmm. that they have not done what they said they would do, done what they agreed to do, done what, done what they themselves feel like they should do. Um, mm. Oh, that's I see that often is that we it comes up a lot when we talk about trust of broken yeah. trust and just the smallest things of saying, you know, you said you were going to be home or you said you were going to stop off and grab a carton of milk. You yeah. said you were going to, you know, um, grab Johnny's jacket and deliver it at school and you didn't. Um, so that's interesting. I've never really thought that broken promises like that might be tied to ADHD. Yeah, exactly. And and again, it's, you know, it's not that folks with ADHD or couples with one ADHD partner don't have all the other things. Like maybe he's just being passive aggressive 
or maybe she's mm-hmm. just kind of selfish. Like maybe that that's actually also true. But in the case of folks with ADHD, like they mean well, like they they agree with the concept of having milk at home. You know, like they're down with mm-hmm. that as a as a theory. But but in terms of the making it happen in a consistent kind of a way, that's really where they struggle. And you know, then when you get into the couple's dynamics of it, it becomes this sort of, you know, it's often the case that you wind up where um, the person with ADHD becomes labeled as kind of less and less responsible. And meanwhile, their partner becomes more and more like hyper responsible, um, which mm-hmm. is also known mm-hmm. as being the control freak, um, which then elicits kind of cover up behavior, lying, minimizing. Did you call the plumber? Yes, I did. By which I mean, thank you for reminding me. Maybe I'll call them tomorrow. Um, you know, and then it becomes a thing. I can't believe you lied to me. I can't trust what you say. So of course I have to check up on things. And then it becomes, well, of course I hide things because you're a lunatic. When I for, when I tell you I forget, you act like a maniac. Who could possibly go into the jaws of hell like that and admit that they dropped the ball, <laughs> right? So like nobody's going to make you crazier than your spouse is, except maybe your kids, right? So so each kind yeah. of brings out the worst in the other. So yeah. I have to I have to go ahead and confess that I'm having a little bit of post-traumatic stress right now because of this couple that I was telling Laura about a little bit earlier. They came in with an agreement that he had ADHD and that she was a control freak. I mean, that, that was yeah. the, mm-hmm. what they understood. And every single week we had a very similar conversations about exactly what you're describing. And I felt actually pretty powerless, yeah. maybe like she did yeah. um, in the and sense him. of like, Yeah. Well, and so I have a couple of questions. A, like, what do we do? And B, like the other piece of it where she goes to maybe kind of crazy making or control. Have you found that he, and I don't mean label he, I mean that the diagnosed partner, but like goes to shame. Like, is that, is it, do do ADHDs, ADHDs, what do you call them? Like sufferers, (laughs) do they, is shame a part of their equation as well? I mean, absolutely you know, that, that shame can be a big part of it. And especially if it's an adult who spent most of their life undiagnosed, which means that they spent most of their life getting a lot more direction from other people and a lot more pointing Mm -hmm. out of the fact that they're not in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can create a situation that then they're they're just kind of more volatile and defensive when they get pointed out. Um, now, it's not helpful, yeah. but like you totally yeah. get it. You know, you understand why totally. they would be. Um, and, you know, for the partner, it becomes this sort of crazy making thing where they do feel powerless or they begin to doubt, like, maybe I, I don't deserve better than this. Um, or, mm-hmm. you know, God damn it, I do deserve better than this. Why aren't you giving it to mm-hmm. me? Um, hey, we don't cuss on this show, so you're going to need to like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% not true. Zach does not curse, but I definitely I do. I try not so. to because I, I have to balance my potty mouth partner here. Right. That's right. <laughs> No, but I get it, man. I, 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 this is exactly, you're, 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 you're describing exactly the scenario that I had with this couple. And again, I'm having a little bit of like stress because what are we, like, what's to be done? Right. Mm -hmm. So one of the things to be done is to understand that this is a a relationship dynamic that Mm. however, these two people were before they met, however they are in their lives during the day when they're apart, you know, they each like the dynamic between them kind of polarizes who they are. So, you know, basically the person with ADHD becomes more and more like essentially they become like a roadie for Motley Crue 
and the non-ADHD partner becomes like a life insurance salesman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where they just become more and more yeah. who they are to, to a yeah. point where it's not who they are. Um, so to recognize mm-hmm. that some of it is not that you're terrible and you're ruining my life and vice versa. But like this is the pattern that we both fall into. This is how mm-hmm. my behavior drives yours and how your behavior drives mm-hmm. mine. So to be able to understand it and see it from that perspective makes it a little bit easier than to feel to kind of get on the same team and not feel like you're on opposite teams. Mm. I love, you know, here's something that I'm thinking comes out a little bit and you had mentioned it is that um, the partner who has ADHD can oftentimes get defensive because people are being critical yeah. of them. They're pointing out sure. like this character, character flaw in them. And um, right now I'm working with these 400 women and I'm seeing how this could play out. That sounds a little funny. I am working with 400 women. We have a group that we're working <laughs> with and um, I don't have 400 clients right now, but uh, contempt I think comes into play when after you have worked with someone, your couple, your partner has ADHD for so long, you begin to almost feel like you're better than them. Yeah. Um, which is like the definition of contempt for our listeners is feeling like you're smarter than them. You're more prompt than them. You're cleaner than them, whatever it might be. And I think that could be a major factor in that relationship dynamic after seeing a partner who has ADHD and then starting to believe that you really truly are better than them in some way. And that's a, that's a tough one. I'm wondering. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Like how to, how to battle that. How do we build empathy for the partner who doesn't have ADHD? Because that for me seems to be helpful when working with couples is helping the other partner to build empathy and understanding of the partner's diagnosis. Right. Yeah, exactly. In, in both ways, you know, just to, because it's, it's easy for the non ADHD partner to paint themselves as the superior one. Like if not for sure. me, this house would, you know, fall to ruin. Um, yeah. Right. And the thing is like, it's not completely untrue, but it's also not completely yeah. true. So, you know, yeah. it's that somewhere in between. Um, but I think also for the non ADHD partner to recognize that, you know what, 
they're trying. Like it's it's not the way that I would do it. And some of it really is harder for them, but they are trying. Um, mm-hmm. And then for the partner with ADHD to recognize, look, I may not care about this or I may not understand it, but like I understand from my partner, this is important. You know, like I, I can see how my actions affect them and I really will try to do my best. But sometimes it mm-hmm. also means to not overpromise. Like don't promise what you can't deliver. You know, it's easy. It's Today tempting. Um, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Um, but sometimes it's on the non ADHD partner to not like, don't push for, and then accept the promise that you should know better than, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So knowing sort of the, your boundaries within your diagnosis of what, you know, you you can live by comfortably um, what about the ADHD partner building empathy for their partner who is um, either over-functioning or, I mean, that's the, the terminology that I use yeah. quite often is the control freak is like the over-functioner. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, what would be important for the ADHD partner who might be listening to understand or know about the other person, about their partner and how it might be impacting them or how they might be over-functioning or trying to do more than they really should. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's about recognizing that for the non-ADHD partner, it's about reducing uncertainty often Mm. slash anxiety, you know? So um, I worry these things won't happen. These things won't get done. And then these terrible things will happen. And the way for me to not feel anxious about it is to do the things to prevent those things. Um, And it makes sense. Like, you know, and certainly there's a lot in life where that is the thing to do. You know, I'm worried about getting the taxes done. So I guess I will start gathering up the tax stuff. Um, But, you know, but at the same time, we're laughing sorry Ari we're laughing because Zach and I um I'm four years I file my taxes by like January 15th every year Mm -hmm. and I'm four years behind we're like the perfect couple aren't we Zach (laughs) okay sorry to cut you off basically I don't know if it's January 15th but I stalk the mailbox until I get every piece of paper I know I'm expecting and then I send it right away to my accountant immediately send it out get me my money (laughs) yeah well look different strokes you know so yeah but like but I think there's there's an element here for the nine ADHD partner to recognize, you know what, maybe there's, maybe some of this is more that I need to manage my anxiety within myself. I need to accept some Mm -hmm. uncertainty or I can't look to my partner to make the the promises that they can't make. Now that can't be willy nilly, you know, like you pick the things that matter the most to you and then Mm -hmm. some of the other stuff you got to let go. Like there are definitely some kind of deal breaker things like, I'm not okay with you being 20 minutes late to pick up our kid from soccer when they're in the dark, everybody else has left and they're on an empty field. Like, nope, that, that is not one I can be flexible about, but maybe some other mm-hmm. stuff I will, you know, and, and by the way, any two people living together, you know, no one has ADHD, both men, both women, whatever, like, that's still a thing. Like you still got to know which battles to fight and which battles to let go and to find the way to appreciate the things that are good about your partner that are good about the relationship. These are truth bombs. Mm -hmm. I'm loving this. I am looking at the time and here's a part of the book that you also included, which I'm very pleased about. It's called after dark because we're talking about sexy time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really curious. How does ADHD 
apply to your sex life? Tell me the things that I don't know, or maybe it's happening in my own life. Who knows? We'll see. Well, so, so the idea about the book was that, you know, there's some books out there on ADHD and relationships, but they didn't, and they're pretty good, you know, like they're good books, but they just didn't talk about the sex part of a relationship, which is, you know, like kind of an important part of a relationship. Um, yeah, just a, touch. Yeah, a little bit. So, you know, especially for the couples who are already struggling too much by day, like they need the benefits of that good connection that comes from positive sexual experiences all the more. And when you're connecting mm-hmm. well in that mm-hmm. way, then just sort of bullshit stuff like I didn't pick up milk on the way home becomes less of a, you know, like mortal crisis kind of a thing. Um, So helping these couples really do well sexually, I think is really important. And, you know, unfortunately, though, like as you guys both know, like as a couple begins to struggle, that sex is often the first thing to go or it's still happening, but like, eh, it ain't as great as it used to be. It feels more disconnected Mm -hmm. and then actually feel worse after sex rather than better. So, um, you know, so I thought it was really important to bring this aspect into the conversation. So um, that was the rationale behind the book. Okay. So it's talking about the importance of the sex life. It's recognizing um, how it sort of ebbs and flows when your relationship is strong or not strong and the impact that it has on just, we we talk about it as part of like the friendship, that when the friendship is strong, it's so much easier to have grace for your partner when your partner didn't pick up the milk coming home. Um, So I'm wondering though, my big question with the title was, does ADHD impact? Like, (laughs) here's what I'm imagining. Someone with ADHD, either humping away like a rabbit Mm -hmm. because they're hyper or they're getting distracted and they're like, wait, what was I doing down here? And you're like, um, Mm -hmm. small circles, please. (laughs) (laughs) Is that, is that too much? Is that too much, Zach? I stopped listening to you when you started the question because uh, I knew where, <laughs> you knew where this was going. But but here's yeah. the thing: okay. like, you're right on both counts. We've done almost a hundred okay. of these, and so I'm <laughs> right. You know where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. I hope my mother's listening. Right. So there are some folks who they. I mean, in general, what I found, and this was really fascinating. Didn't predict it, but not surprised either. Um, when I looked, I did this survey of couples with one partner with ADHD, one without, got like 3,000 respondents, which is awesome. And one of the things that came out of it is on when I looked at the questions that I asked, um, the 12 of them that had something to do with what I call sexual eagerness, meaning things like desire sexual frequency, masturbation frequency, porn use frequency. How do they feel about their own porn use? How do they feel about their partner's porn use? How kinky do they rate themselves? Um, desire for consensual non-monogamy, et cetera, et cetera. Those with ADHD rated themselves higher on 10 out of 12, and they tied on the other two. So mm-hmm. men with ADHD versus men without, women with ADHD versus women without. Um, men rated higher on most of them, um, but women... Meaning, what do you call it? Sexual category? Sexual, sexual eagerness. So you would say that folks with ADHD rated themselves as more sexually eager than folks without ADHD. Got it. So, you know, and I think what it reflects is it's just, it's part of the broader thing of ADHD is that folks with ADHD are more influenced by the stimuli around them. They're more distracted Mm. in other words, Um, but, but also more influenced by sort of sexual thoughts or feelings inside their own head. So, um, so there are some folks with ADHD who really do have very strong sexual interests and sex drives. Um, 
And then there's also folks with ADHD who even during sex are getting distracted. And women with ADHD were, you know, the most distracted during sex of, you know, compared to the other three types of folks. So can I dig into that just a little bit? When you talk about distracted, Mm -hmm. um, one of the I would say issues that come up with the couples that I see is that women are distracted by all of the other external things. Yeah. And I call it sort of like the, the break. So we have gas yeah. and break and the, the, it's the breaks that Emily Nagoski yeah. talks about in her book, um, come as you are, where it's very difficult for them to feel that sexual desire and connect with their body and their emotions and their partner, because here they are thinking about the laundry that's sitting in the washer that hasn't been transferred to the dryer and it's going to be funky and they're going to have to rerun the load. And all of this is happening in the midst of, you know, having intercourse with their partner. And so they're just really distracted and unable to connect. Is that what you're talking about as far as distraction? That is exactly what I'm talking about. And, oh, my God. And not just the, the during once you're there, but also that mentally transitioning to that, you know, mentally transitioning from like boring, getting stuff done mode to like hot and sexy time mode, you know? Um, yes. And part of ADHD means that it's harder to, to get everything done. Like there's inefficiency, time isn't used as well, forgetfulness. So it creates a situation where for both partners, there's more to be done and it. And that also kind of squeezes out time and mm-hmm. energy for sex. Wow. Man, those poor women, women who are already have too, too many breaks going on and you just add ADHD in there. God yeah. bless your soul. And, and if it's uh. the guy who has ADHD and not in the woman who doesn't, then what you're also adding mm-hmm. on is it just sort of exacerbates that work home workload imbalance. And not only is she tired, but she's also pissed. Mm. Right. She's resentful (laughs) as she should be like, I'm doing too much. And by the way, the Mm -hmm. guy is very aware of the fact that she's resentful. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, she doesn't want to have sex with him, but he doesn't really want to have sex with her either at that point. So I, so this is, this is all great. And it still brings me to the question that I ask all the time, which is okay. Like, so what, so what now we have this, this collection of, of, patterns and traumas and triggers like what are we what are we to do either as a spouse or particularly as a therapist but I think I mean I want to know as a therapist but most of who are listening are spouses like what's the what's the treatment here or what's the what's the roadmap so the roadmap is on the one hand take ADHD seriously do what you need Mm. to do to understand it, both partners, to work on it, to treat it, but also to recognize that ADHD is not the only problem in your relationship. Nobody's relationship is that simple that there's only that one thing. But, Mm -hmm. um, but the thing about it is, you know, in the survey, what I found, you know, in terms of what people rated to be the most effective was medication. And that Mm -hmm. fits, you know, there's, mountains of research that shows that stimulant medication for ADHD is extremely effective, um, often well-tolerated. Risks and side effects tend to be pretty pretty low. Um, and we use the same stuff for kids as we do for adults. So I'm a big proponent of stimulant medication. It doesn't solve all of life's problems, but it really can have a positive effect. It builds a foundation. Um, what so it, I'm like, can I just interrupt for a second and just say, I, I often have this come into my office and of course the natural pushback is, well, I don't really want to rely on medication to do this thing that I should be able to do yeah. on my own. I, I should be able to overcome this. And I usually say, okay, fine. 
But if you had glaucoma exactly. or degenerative eye disorder, you wouldn't not take your eye medicine because you want your body to somehow master your your you know yeah. your body's failure to see. And so I think for those of us uh, or those of you who are encountering a resistance to taking meds for mental or what feel like sort of mental deficiencies, you ought to give yourself some slack. Cut yourself some slack for right. sure. And that you know I use the example of diabetes and insulin. But it's exactly the same thing mm -hmm. as what you're talking. You know, we would not have yeah. a long debate about insulin. Um, and we certainly right. wouldn't get into the morality of why your pancreas doesn't, you know, just step up and do a better job on insulin production. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> morality. Yeah. But we do when it comes to mental stuff. And there is this yeah. and it's a fundamental misunderstanding that it reflects this idea that ADHD is just about willpower. I'm just going to try harder or I'm just going to, you know, buy that getting things done book and somehow like my life yeah. will be cured. Right. And, it, and that's not how it works. If it was actually that simple, you would have freaking done it. Right. Like you wouldn't be in my office mm -hmm. talking to me if that's all it took. So. Um, so, you know, medication is important and, you know, and it works well, but you still got to bring good effort. You still have to bring good intentions. You still have to be the one taking life seriously and trying to be a good partner. So whether you take medication or not, you still get the credit because you're still the one who did the work. Hmm. So if, if, if people are listening, where's the best place for them? Do they need to schedule an appointment with a psychiatrist or can they just go to their own um, medical doctor and say, Hey, mm -hmm. uh, will you just like, are they going to be able to diagnose? And is that the best place for them to go? I mean, so regular family docs, some of them will do the diagnosis. Um, I think psychiatrists are often hard to come by. There's just not enough of them. Yes, um, agreed. As a psychologist, I'll often do the diagnosis and then I'll write a letter and send it to their regular family doc and hope that they can do it because the medications are not okay. really that complicated. And unless there's a lot of other stuff going on, I think most family docs are, are, you know, prepared to do it. If yours isn't, then find one who is. And if you're not getting mm -hmm. good results, keep trying, like don't try one medication one time and then say, ah, it didn't really do much. Um, sometimes you need to try a few different ones. Um, I'll sort of slide this in, you know, what is not effective in treating ADHD, let's say if you start Googling, you're going to find stuff. What's not effective is any of the alternative treatments. So like dietary mm. changes, nutritional supplements, natural remedies, chiropractors, brain training programs, like basically none of that stuff has been shown to be effective. So like can't recommend any of that. Um, mm -hmm. Therapy is not going to change your ADHD. You'll be exactly as distracted after four years of therapy. But you know, mm -hmm. what you will be is better able to address it, better able to manage it, maybe less reactive, Talk about it. less shame, work with your partner better. So like therapy is definitely helpful, but therapy is not going to cure yeah. your ADHD as it wouldn't cure your diabetes, yeah. but it'll help you manage it better. Mm. Yeah. And the medication is not going to cure it either. Yeah. It's not going to go away, but it, it's still present. It's just, it's, you're more able to manage it throughout the day. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. Gosh, this is so interesting. I'm so now all of a sudden I'm like, we should have a specialist on for everything. Um, well, I'm learning yeah. so much. I'm why not? I'm than I was 45 minutes ago. Right. So. 100%. Ari, what's the title of the book again for everyone who's listening? So it's adultadhdbook.com. Or no, sorry, that's my website. Um, it's ADHD After Dark, yeah. Better Sex Life, Better Relationship. And Love your it. website is? Adultadhdbook.com. Cool. Okay. Do you do, um, do you work with clients remotely? Like if we had, if we were, 
people were interested uh, in learning mostly, more about you or working with you? I can mostly they do that? don't. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, there's a whole thing of like licensing laws and across state lines and all that stuff. So yeah. I mostly don't do stuff like that. But you're in Pennsylvania? Yeah. I am. Yeah, okay. Awesome. So if you're in Pennsylvania and you have an ADHD yeah. issue and you want to talk to Ari, you can reach out to him. But it's also a um, small yeah. world and I'll sometimes get emails from people saying, do you know an ADHD therapist in whatever? And then sometimes I'm like, in fact, I do. Um, <laughs> yes. So yeah. So definitely look around and see who you can find who's good and knowledgeable. Awesome. Right on. Uh, thank you so much, Ari. So it's Ari Tuckman from Pennsylvania and it's 80 or it's adult adult is how they can track you down and cyber stalk you. Adult ADHD book. Look, adult ADHD book.com. That's right. Nice. Very Nailed cool. it. Hey, thanks again for joining us. And uh, we will look forward to hearing more about your practice as you, uh, and I'm going to get your book for sure. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Hey, thank you, Ari Tuckman, for joining us. And if you're interested in having um, us talk about a specific aspect that's going on in your relationship where we can bring in an expert like Ari, send us an email, info at fourbetter.us. Hey, just as a reminder for all of you, we still have a promo code that is going for this month. Uh, the promo code is 2020. That's for our Marriage in Motion video series for couples. So you, if you hop onto our website, marriagetherapyradio.com, You'll find our new ebook as well. That's available, 20 Questions for Deeper Intimacy and the Marriage in Motion video series. Guys, thank you so much for all of your time and attention making this relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.